The Insurance Coffee House is hosted by Insurance Search. Insurance Search provides executive recruitment services to insurance companies, brokers, and insurtechs in the UK and across the United States, attracting and retaining the most successful leaders to your insurance business. To find out more, visit insurance-search.com. The Insurance Coffee House, the place where you get to meet and be inspired by the most successful insurance business leaders from across the world. Hosted by Nick Hoadley, CEO of Insurance Search. Welcome to the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Ryan Height. Ryan is talent acquisition lead at RLI Insurance. RLI are a specialty PNC carrier based in the United States. And Ryan joins me on the line from Peoria, Illinois, this morning. Welcome to the show, Ryan. Hope I pronounced that all correctly. You did great. Thank you for having me. Ryan, before we get into our discussion today, I know it's quite early in the morning over there, stateside. What's your go-to coffee of choice this morning? I'm a black coffee drinker. And so while I love single origin, uh, unique coffees in the office, we have our choice of Starbucks or Dunkin'. And so most mornings I just uh, come into the office and have a couple of each. Those all-American brands, Starbucks or Dunkin', keeps you fueled for the day, I'm sure. Ryan, it would be great for our listeners to find out more about you and your career, your personal career journey. So would you mind giving us an overview of of that and what's led you into the role that you have there now? It's been a non-traditional path to uh, talent acquisition for sure. My parents, both parents grew up on family farms. In the 80s, my dad also started just being one of five kids. Uh, Everyone kind of had their own side businesses and his ended up being as an independent insurance agent. And so started an agency in the 80s. As soon as I was able to help, I was employed in the agency, updated paper manuals. I'm one of the, the last few that remembers doing that in the industry. And so I was licensed. I got insurance producer licensed in high school. And then after college, got on with a, a Fortune 500 company in Peoria and learned a lot. Underwriting claims as a marketing rep, Ended up managing an independent agency for a few years and then eventually bought an agency, merged it in with my parents' agency. We ran that for 10 years together and then eventually sold. And then being in Peoria, I always knew of RLI employees, heard great things about the culture and the reputation. I got a phone call one day where they just said, would you be interested in coming to RLI? And I said, yeah, I'm open to ideas. And they said, we have an opening in HR to help us recruit folks. Have you ever thought about working in HR? And I said, absolutely not. Never envisioned myself in an HR department. But again, the the reputation of the company, I bought into that on our website. It talks about giving employees autonomy. You know, We hire smart people, make them owners of the business and let them make good decisions. That's how I wanted to operate my business. And so I listened. And when it comes to talent acquisition, it really is like being a broker, an agent, where you're negotiating kind of for both sides. You're that middle person. It's a little bit of education, some training, mm-hmm. some convincing. And so at the end of the day, you're putting two parties together for success. And so it's been almost three years. I've actually loved every minute of it. 
I wish I would have started sooner. That's such a fantastic story. So many takeaways to bring from that. I love the fact that you started out so early working in your father's insurance agency, really learning the ropes. It's so much so that you ended up starting up your own agency. So at one stage, you had an agency and your parents were running an agency before you merged them in together. How was that sort of running an agency and your folks having an agency at the same time? It was a little bit strategic in that there was an opportunity for me. And so we didn't exactly know what the ending looked like, but we had had some conversations. I mean, before that, you know, they had asked if I wanted to come back. It was about, it's a small town. I grew up in a small town. It was, it was a couple hours away. Didn't want to move back to uh, the small town. Loved Peoria, a couple hundred thousand population in the metro area, good schools, good art, good mm. sports. I mean, there's everything here. So it's where I wanted to raise a family. And so mm. we kind of had those two tracks, but then eventually, the opportunity presented itself where we could merge. And then that also gave me, instead of the junior working his way in and then having to buy out senior, we were able to come at it as equals more so mm. and run each location, whatever was best for each location at the time. So you very much, when you were joining RLI, you very much had a entrepreneurial spirit, but also a deep level of understanding of insurance, having worked in it for a long period of time. Speak of my own journey as being a broker myself before we launched Insurance Search. And I think not only are those skills of brokering a deal between candidate and a client, and in your case, candidate and RLI, but also just having that insurance knowledge and having that understanding of what that candidate's going through, what they're looking for, what aspirations they might have. And again, on the client side, you know, what you're looking for when hiring. I really encourage more insurance folks out there to have a look and consider the world of recruiting and executive search talent acquisition, because you can use an awful lot of skills and be very successful and you're bringing people together. As an organization, I don't want to go off too long here, Ryan, but we have partners in the US who are experienced insurance executives and they're not recruiters but we feel like they're the best people to be able to advise the clients because they've been in those executive positions from a strategic perspective from understanding the challenges there and those gaps that need to be filled so i can really see how that can work and how that's worked for you but also for rli as well let's talk about your current position that you have in the organization what's the remit of the role there and how have you been using those skills to good effect there? It's a talent acquisition lead. So primary function is recruiting. You know, when they brought me on, we, it was coming out of COVID where there was a pause on hiring. Everyone was uncertain what was going to happen, but we continued to grow. So into 2021, there was a backlog of positions, most of which were like a product specific. It's underwriting, that type of thing. So it required some insurance knowledge. So that was the attraction, right? Of having an insurance background. And so I utilize a lot of that that background when talking to not just external candidates, but then also the hiring manager. So right, I'm able to ask a little more specific questions on, tell me about the product. What exactly are you looking for? You know, mm -hmm. if it's a, a specific line of business product coverages, that's something that I can get into a little bit more with the candidate. I'm not going to be an expert on that product, but at least you can ask kind of that next level of questions. And so that's been helpful in there. And then my role also has developed into 
a little more on the talent development side and some trainings, being out in front of some of our field folks, so traveling around the country and giving some presentations on you know, what's the market doing with talent, how are we responding as an organization, um, and also just solidifying that commitment to our employees and being the, the face of the company. Again, being that bridge, playing that kind of middle person that's mm-hmm. relationship-focused. In terms of RLI insurance, where is the business in the present day? What's the footprint? What are the markets? How big is the organization? We just crossed over 1,100 employees countrywide. We operate in all 50 states. We have about 450 folks in our headquarters in Peoria, Illinois. We said it earlier, a very specialty, mostly commercial insurance Mm -hmm. company. And so we do a lot in the non-admitted excess and surplus space, but also have a few products that are a little more admitted standard market. We have a pretty robust personal umbrella liability policy and program. And so that would be the dominant personal lines product, but largely commercial and very niche. So the people that we're looking for typically are that deep dive expert. They've had some years of experience where they've chosen to focus but as I'm looking for talent, I'm also looking for the cross-training, right? Somebody that has had a breadth of experience that they can apply those same principles. But as an underwriting-driven company, at the end of the day, it's, can you do that profitably? It's actually taking the coverages and the pricing and selling it, putting it all together to provide maybe something that's not an unfilled customer need or a part of the industry that we feel we can do that profitably. That's what we're after. And and in terms of hiring particularly underwriters and underwriting leaders, you're looking for people from a specific background. You're looking for specialty expertise. Are there particular areas where you're always looking for people that, that are sort of high growth areas for the business? What are some of the big strength areas in terms of those specialty verticals? We've all seen property take off here in the last couple of years. There's a big need for it, whether it's capacity or pricing. And so that's certainly been one of our fastest growing areas uh, the last couple of years. One of the things that makes us unique is our product groups all have the autonomy and the freedom. Obviously, everyone's in communication, but to decide what coverages they want to offer, the distribution channels that best that product and the way that we want to do business. It's not a top-down where we have one chief underwriting officer that is dictating the same process for everybody. You know, so we hold those, you know, our product VP to a very high standard. It's like running their own business, give them the tools and the resources. But that ownership mentality is critical uh, for success of their particular product uh, and what we do as a company overall. I mean, that filters down into even the corporate functions, it's HR, IT, accounting, everybody has to have that mindset that we're all in this together for success of the business, bottom line, result driven. And I know that's something you wanted to discuss further today is that ownership mindset. I believe it's an ESOP operated owned business. Could you share a little bit more about that? Why that's important to you? Why is that important to RLI? You know, as someone who's owned a business, all I've ever wanted out of work was to work with people that cared as much 
as I do about the work, about taking, you know, so that's that service oriented, taking care of the customer, doing the little things, collaborating. And for me, everybody has their own thing that is the most meaningful to them about, you know, why they like being at RLI. I think it is all centered around that ownership mentality. Now, where we put our money, where our mouth is on that is that ESOP, the employee stock ownership plan. So every employee, even the most entry-level positions, gets bonused company stock at the end of the year, depending on corporate-wide results, right? The longer you're here, the better the company does, the more stock you get bonused, the more stock you have, the more you feel like an owner, because you are. And then you start thinking differently. You start thinking about improvements in processes. It doesn't just benefit you. You're looking for things that benefit the whole organization. When you see a need, you fill it. When it comes time to invest in technology or a product or people, you think, would I spend my money on this? Would I invest in this personally? Is that the right decision? And so you start thinking about things a little bit differently. And it's not a us versus them, employee, employer, or executives and not. We're all in it together. We're all owners. And so it just encourages performance and cooperation and efficiencies. And so at the end of the day, that's where I think our DNA is in our, in our culture is that the ownership piece. Absolutely. And I think especially, I know your background obviously was independent agencies, you know, brokerages, and you often get a lot of smaller organizations where there's their own managed businesses. But for a specialty carrier, these opportunities don't come around as often just by the nature of the business they need to be larger entities, larger organizations with the capital to be able to provide the coverage. Does that really stand out for you when you're looking to acquire talent, when you're looking to bring in underwriters? Is that one of the key things that those underwriters and leaders look at when considering an opportunity at RLI? Oh, definitely. Like you said, you know, we're not hiring 50 underwriters within any particular group, maybe not even for the entire year. It's growth driven. We're not unlike a lot of other insurance companies where we have a lot of folks going to retire in the next five years. So it's a little bit of people planning. You want the, the folks that are getting ready to retire to help train, make introductions. It's a relationship business still. Uh, so we need to get them in the door, but we don't have a lot of those opportunities. So when we do, we're incredibly picky. Very high expectations, but you know, at the end of the day, we have high rewards. As an owner, there's a little bit of that delayed gratification, right? And not everything. Certainly, we have cash bonuses at the end of a year that's a good shot in the arm, good time to celebrate who we are and, and what we've accomplished. But the long-term incentives as a part of that ESOP plan really stand out for those folks. So you want somebody that, that gets it, that is coming in the door with that mindset. Not everybody comes in fully understanding what that means and, and what that's going to look like. But uh, to have that conversation, and if you see somebody that the light bulb turns on where they are a deep dive expert in that particular field, they want to think like an owner, they want to see the results of you know them writing profitable business and having you know everyone else on their team back them up. So if they do something a certain way, they decline you know an application because they didn't think it was going to be profitable, their supervisor and their VP will ultimately back them up. So you don't have going above your head and someone undercutting you just because mm -hmm. they want to write another policy or grow in premium or market share or whatever those other goals could be. 
that's really interesting so as well as you know retaining and attracting talent it's actually better for the business overall because people care more they're treating it as their business they're treating the expense account as they would if it was their own company they're treating the risks that you're writing with that greater care and so not only is there better quality in terms of retention and attraction but actually for the business overall it's easier to create a high performance culture i'm sure that reaps its own rewards i think you also make a great point there around retention so that the more people that you retain and the less vacancies you then have each year means that number one you've got a very happy and settled workforce but when you then come to hiring because you're not hiring again and again and again you can take your pick of the talent you can attract more talent because of the ownership opportunity like you said earlier you can be really picky not a lot of companies are in that fortunate opportunity and they have to take what they can get and then that's a perpetual cycle i'm sure that drives forward the standards as well definitely and that can be frustrating it's not especially in my role i'm not only trying to find external candidates that fit that mold but i'm also dealing with high expectations of the hiring manager who has an ideal in their mind like this is the person I want, whether it's experience, uh, mm-hmm. network, how much they command from compensation standpoint, all those variables. Uh, and so getting those two to match when you're very picky is sometimes a Herculean effort, but we've been pretty successful at it. It's great to have those standards. Ryan brings us onto the espresso round now where the questions are short, sharp to the point. I know you like your black coffee and you've either got Starbucks or your Dunkin' Donuts there. I don't know which one you've got in front of you today. Combination of the two, if it's free. Uh, (laughs) Are you ready for the espresso round? I'm ready. The espresso round. Ryan, what one recommendation would you have for a leader or an executive who's coming in to interview for you there at RLI? Come in with an ownership mindset because you will be responsible for driving success and at the end of the day, profitability in your group. And that's not always easy to find, is it, on the carrier side of things, on the underwriting side of things. You can have a lot of candidates with a very corporate background, corporate feel. So finding those people, but also it's the opportunity, isn't it? Those opportunities are rare, and so for the right person, it's a fantastic match. Looking out towards your peers, other talent acquisition specialists, within the insurance industry. What would your one piece of advice be for hiring exceptional talent? For me, it comes down to that cultural fit. There's a lot of smart people in this industry, but if it's not a cultural fit for your team, group, organization, it's going to be frustrating for both sides and and ultimately it's not going to work out. So we look for, we call it our hungry, humble, smart, all the questions filter into those three categories, but two of those is about cultural fit. When working on challenging roles and using external recruitment partners, what's the most important thing to you when selecting a third-party partnership? I want a partner that understands my needs, but also the organization at large. It's our total compensation package, our total rewards, what our corporate mentality is, Again, going back to culture, you know, anybody can pick up the phone or send emails and get a glut of candidates. If that partner is not reaching out and having a conversation with the candidate and has not had a conversation ahead of time with me, it usually doesn't go very well. 
it's not a transaction of numbers. It's about people. And so that happens on both sides. Value add, that's the name of the game. Otherwise you can get CVs in, but understanding and brokering that deal, aligning the two parties, making sure it's a good fit, a little bit like we were talking earlier. Ryan, final question, the espresso round. What would you say the one lesson your job has taught you that you think everybody should learn at some point in their life? I've been on different sides of this, but I'm a big believer that we are all in sales, every job, every role. And I don't mean that in the stereotypical car salesman sales way, right? That a lot of people think, especially in our business, you get people that are like, oh, I'm not in sales. I'm a underwriter, accountant, data engineer, whatever. But whether it's internal within the organization, you're influencing others, any external facing roles, we're all in sales. And mm. it is a people business. And when you think of it that way, and that your job is to educate, to train, mm. to influence, I think that's helpful for most folks. Fantastic point. And I think from a HR perspective, I know talent, we're obviously looking to attract people to an organization. And so you can see that sales element. But I think from an HR perspective as well, that can sometimes be lost. And I think that's a great reminder for everybody that no matter the stakeholders that you're working with, you're presenting yourself, you're presenting the company. And that that's so true. We are all in sales. Ryan, we've almost reached the end of our time today in the Insurance Coffee House podcast. Before we go though, do you have one piece of closing advice for our listeners? And if there's anyone out there at the moment who considered an opportunity at RLI or heard this podcast and have thought, you know, I really like the sound of that owner mentality, that owner mindset, how can they reach out to you? Piece of advice, I'd say, you know, we're very much in a relationship driven business. Like you said, we have to provide that value add, however that comes in our role. And I would say at RLI, we, we truly are a different kind of company. It's the high expectation, high reward, that ownership mindset where we share in the profits, you know, but we need people to be dedicated, always learning, being curious in driving those results. We're all in it together. It's a collective effort, but being surrounded by smart people who are entrepreneurial and care and want to impact their communities is amazing to be a part of. Thank you. I think that's such a great message. I think anybody who cares about the business that they're in cares about the success of that business automatically cares for the clients and the customers. So important as an insurance business, whether that's you know the brokers or the final policy holders, I think that's so important all around. Ryan, thank you so much for your time today. So many great takeaways, actually. Really inspiring to hear about, first of all, your career and the entrepreneurial nature of the way that you've worked and then the opportunities there at RLI and, and how you're positioning yourself quite differently in the market as a specialty insurer. So thank you for your time today. It's been a pleasure to have you on the show. Nick, it's been super fun. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Insurance Coffee House with Nick Hoadley. Join us next time for another episode packed with insights and advice for senior leaders, C-suite executives, and ambitious insurance professionals. Stream all episodes at insurance-search.com.